Hey everybody, it's Brandon, back with you here. Thank you so much for joining me again. I'm back with Tea Time Reports, Magic Mondays. You already know what it is. I know I had the last couple weeks off. I apologize for that. The one week, about two weeks ago, we only had like two games, three games in the span of that week, and I just didn't really feel like there was enough to cover from those two to three games. Plus, a week after that, I went on vacation, went out of town, as you would have known if you've seen some of the other episodes that um, Trevor has been hammering out lately. Shout out to Trevor, man. He's been doing his thing. And yeah, so I was just out of town for that week. But it, I think it works out because now two weeks sort of gone by. We've had eight games played or so in those two weeks. And there's been a lot to dive into individually right now. The Magic players are playing out of their minds, specifically Jalen Suggs, specifically Paulo Bancaro, which I'm going to get into all of that. We're 5-4 and four in our last nine games, and we started the nine-game stretch out 3-1. and one. We dropped three straight um, on, the, on the West Coast as we had a four-game road trip out there, and we dropped the first three to Phoenix, Golden State, and Sacramento. And then we got that fourth one against Denver, 2-0 and oh against the champs, baby. And then we got that other win against the Hawks as well. So I'm going to get into all of it. Let's go ahead and get started. The first game, we had the Orlando Magic taking on the Washington Wizards in a game that Orlando pulled away with 127-119 to victory. Anthony Black, I think, deserves the most attention after this game. It was his coming out game. He had 23 points, career high. Excuse me. Six rebounds, four steals. Franz Wagner had 28 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. Paulo Bancaro had 24 points. We had a vintage bench performance once again with multiple players in double digits, north of 50 bench points. Now, Jordan Poole was in his bag this night. He had a 30 bomb. He was hard to stop. He was making our defenders look silly, making them touch the floor, just doing Jordan Poole things, you know? And he's someone that I would love to have on this Orlando Magic team, to be honest with you. Well... I mean, let me let me backtrack that a little bit. Somebody, somebody with his talent. Somebody with talent. I think Golden State is really missing him right now. But you know, a lot of people would argue there's a lot that comes with him, you know, like personality-wise and culture-wise and gelling with the locker room. I think that was just more so a Draymond thing. But everyone has their own opinions on it. But somebody with Jordan Poole's offensive ability, his dribbling, his shot creating, his shot making. He's able to do it all. He can dish the ball when he needs to, but he's more of just a shot-creating sharpshooter, and that's sort of something that we need. It really is, just as far as consistently shooting from a three-point line and someone that can easily just erupt for 30, 35-plus on any given night, and that's what we did. However, it wasn't enough. We dominated the paint that night, and we shot very, very well. We shot 52% from the field and 46% from the three-point line. That's something that really, really, really caught my eye from this game because you guys have known all season that's been one of my biggest harps on this team is our three-point shooting and how inconsistent it is. One game will be in the 30s. One game it's at 9%. A lot of the times it's around the 20% mark. But this is great. This is trending in the right direction. And if we can see this consistently, this is just telling us that this Magic team can start winning in other ways and you really got to watch out for them. Just the way that this duo is playing right now with Franz and Paulo, if we didn't start hitting a three-point shot like that consistently, woo, watch out, baby. This was a game that it was a back-and-forth first quarter a little bit. Um, 
the Wizards ended the first quarter on a big run, took the lead. Then we got the lead back in the second quarter and followed up with a really, really strong second half. Never gave the lead back as we improved 18 and 11. The next game, we take on the Philadelphia 76ers and honestly just got dominated by the Embiidless Philadelphia 76ers. We lost 112 to 92, our lowest point total of the entire season. And like I said, Joel Embiid wasn't even playing. And they had three players not named Joel Embiid drop 20-plus points. Just not a very Orlando Magic-type game. Franz Wagner did good, 24 points. Jalen Suggs did his thing with 20, 19 for Paulo Banquero. Um, but other than that, there was no more than seven points from anybody else on our roster. And I believe all 12 players played this game, if I'm not mistaken. And the fact that only three people got seven points or more goes to attribute how great the defensive game plan and the defensive scheming was for Nick Nurse in this Philadelphia team this night because they knew they were going to be without Embiid. They knew they were going to have to win a different way in Nick Nurse. He, honestly, I got to give him credit where credit's due. He outcoached Coach Mosley, and you can you can see it clearly on the box score. Um, you, can, you can see it clearly on the court that night, and you can see it clearly in the final score. Um, just the complete opposite of the game prior against the Wizards, which obviously there is a huge gap between the Wizards and the Sixers. However, there's a disappointing result nonetheless. We just kind of got shut out defensively and it was defensively and it was just one of those games. You know, the game plan for the Sixers just stifled the magic. We couldn't figure it out. The Sixers got a lot of key contributions from a bunch of different role players throughout their starting lineup and their bench. And like I said, just the lowest point total of the season for us. I don't want to really touch on this too much more as we fall to 18 and 12. Then to follow that up, back home, I forget if we played Philly on the road or not, but at home we play the New York Knicks, and we come out with a dub 117 to 108 in front of the biggest home crowd in Orlando Magic history. That is crazy. 19,587 fans in attendance for this game, setting the franchise record for the most fans to ever attend a game. And the Magic, they showed up, they showed out, and they put a show on for these fans, man. They they weathered an early storm from the Knicks, from Julius Randle. Then he had like 16, 17 points in the first quarter, finished with 38 total. But it just it wasn't enough. It was one of those games, again, where the Knicks just had, yes, I know Randle had a great night, 38 points, but in the totality of things, he still was the third or fourth best player on the court that night, you know, and that's just the Knicks' problem. They cannot compete with the higher level teams because there's always somebody better than their best player on the court, and that should not be the case. Franz Wagner had 39 or 32 points, nine rebounds. Paulo Banquero dropped a double double with 29 points, 10 rebounds, and another 20 point night from Jalen Suggs. That's back to back 20 point bombs for Suggs. I love to see that, and it was just one of those games where the star duo of Franz and Banquero just took over and led the way. Honestly, there, there really wasn't much else to it. Anthony Black did a very, very, very good job guarding Jalen Brunson that night, holding them to 4 of 15, shooting from the field. And there's a lot of complaining and harping from Coach Thibodeau and Brunson after the game about him getting hacked and hammered and not getting called. And there was a couple, yes, they should have been called, but there's a couple like that in every game for both sides. So fucking just bite it and move on. The reality is... Your star player got locked up by a rookie in Anthony Black. Held the 4-15 shoot from the field. Then 
Julius Randle was just sort of left for dead when then you had Franz Wagner and Paulo Bencaro just leading the way and being the star duo that they are. And the Magic just showed why they're a better team than the Knicks, which led to this emergency trade almost, as I would put it. They traded R.J. Barrett. They traded Emmanuel quickly to the Raptors. They got Precious Achua and OG Ananobi, and they pretty much just got fleeced. I don't know what they were thinking. And it was kind of funny because as soon as quickly and Barrett got to Toronto, they linked up for the first basket and like they were just clicking right away and already looking like um, the Knicks just got fleeced. I, they did, and that's the reality of it. And time will go on to prove that, I think. But nonetheless, this was an even game. And it was decided, in my opinion, by a very, very lopsided second quarter where the Magic outscored the Knicks 31-15, to and the Knicks just could not climb back from there. It was just too much for them as we improved to 19-12. and Moving on, the Orlando Magic go on to Phoenix to face the Suns. And I think only the seventh time this season that the trio of Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal have all been on the court healthy at the same time. And it led to the demise of the Orlando Magic. Durant scores 31. Beal, and I think his eighth game of the season, scored a season-high 25. KD continues, though, to double down on Paulo's stardom and how much of a problem that this Magic team will be one day if we stick together. And he, ever since Paulo's come into the league, KD has been the one constant player that has vouched for him over and over and has given him his flowers. And if KD recognizes it, it start t it's it's about time that everybody starts fucking recognizing that shit. It was a close at the start. We made it close towards the latter part of the game, but we just couldn't really claw back and we didn't have the star power to knock this team off. That was the reality of it, you know. This team fought hard, they played good and we only lost by 5, but the Suns at the end of the day were just too good. Paulo had 28 and 9, Franz had 27, 7 and 6. And other than that, it was just another one of those games they just did not get much help from anyone else. The Suns starting lineup, the star power, all five of them had double-digit points. And so far, you would say that this Suns season hasn't been what everyone expected it to be with this trio that they've acquired. A lot of it's because of injury, but unfortunately, it's starting to trend in the right direction for them. And we just happened to catch a glimpse of what they could really be that night as we fall to 19-13. and 13. Moving on. The next game, we have the Orlando Magic taking on the Golden State Warriors in the Bay. And we lost this one, 115-121. to 121. This was a game that I really, really, really thought that we needed to win. And I thought we could have won going into it. You know, the Warriors have lost three in a row coming into this game. They're just not what they are. Draymond's still suspended. Klay Thompson's going through whatever he's going through. Andrew Wiggins is putting up is getting valuable minutes and not putting up numbers to equivalent to those valuable minutes and they've been faltering lately and this was a game that if we really wanted to start making that case for us being a legitimate playoff threat these are the games that we have to win however vintage Steph Curry is what we ran into this night and he dropped 36 points he was making pivotal play after pivotal play whether it was in the first quarter whether it was in the fourth quarter or whether it was in the two quarters in between. Uh, he was having big play after big play in the fourth quarter that propelled them to the lead and finished it out. He had a huge four-point play at the end of the half, at the end of the first half. And solely just because of him, they were able to halt their three-game skid. Franz had 25, 6, and 3. 
Paulo had another double double 27 points 12 rebounds six assists I will stand on a hill and die saying that these two are truly the most underrated duo in the entire association however before I move on to the next game one stat that really did stand out to me though was we actually shot better than Golden State from the three-point line in this game I thought that was interesting you know the Splash Brothers Golden State Steph Curry the Magic shot better than the Warriors did only by 1% but that's something it was like 46 47 the Warriors like 45 but that's two or three games now in the last handful that this Magic team has been shooting over 40-45% from the three-point line. Moving on to the next one after the Magic fall to 9-14. They go into Sacramento to face the Kings. A very, very high-scoring, prolific offense led by De'Aaron Fox, led by DeMontis Sabonis. Then they have Keegan Murray. Malik Monk off the bench is no, is no slouch either. And this was a hell of a, hell of a game. We lost 138-135 to in double overtime, man. I wish I could have stayed up to see this game. We were down by half at 12. Well, we, we were down by the we were down by 12 at the half. I'm sorry, Jesus. We were down by 12 at halftime, and we were able to claw our way all the way back, tie it. Um, Paulo hit a three-pointer with 16 minutes left to put us ahead by two. Malik Monk came right back down the court, hit a layup to tie it, send it into overtime. But you know, one thing that I've said about this team earlier on in the season is that when we go down early. In the second quarter at halftime, are we going to be able to pull ourselves out of that hole that we've dug ourselves in the third quarter and the fourth quarter without that pure th scoring threat that, like Jordan Poole that I was referring to or somebody like that? And throughout this last stretch of eight or nine games, we've been able to do that consistently, and you'll see that. Like I said, down by 12 and a half, we clawed our way back up. This is a very scrappy game. We shot 57% from the three-point line. Though we did get out-rebounded like crazy. Sabonis had 23 fucking rebounds. Can't let that be happening. But the fact that we were able to crawl ourselves back into it against a team that can score like the Kings can, it, it very it very much did a good job, if that's even proper English. I'm overthinking this way too much. It did a really good job to show the grit that this team is starting to sort of they're starting to get this into their identity where, like, look, we're tired of being overlooked. We're tired of being underrated. Jalen Suggs has been doing great by leading by example with his chippiness and his effort and how he plays with his such a such a tenacity and a chip on his shoulder. And I think the rest of this team is starting to follow in suit. And you're starting to see the results of that and the fruits of that labor. Paulo had 43 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists. Career high for him in points in this game. Jalen Suggs once again had another 20-plus points. Sabonis got his seventh double-double this season with an insane, insane stat line. 22 points, 23 rebounds, and 12 assists. Malik Monk led all scores on the Kings with 37 off the bench. It's hard to win those games, you know, when you have someone dropping the stat line that Sabonis did, and then you have someone like Monk coming off the bench with 37. I believe Keegan Murray had 21 or 22 as well. And this was a game that we were depleted man we were very 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 depleted Franz left very early in the first quarter with an ankle injury that he's still out now due to this day because of that Gary Harris was out Cole Anthony was out Jonathan Isaac was out Markel Fultz was out Joel a Joe Ingles was out and we still lost this game by three in double overtime and that's what I'm saying man we got to give this team a little bit more credit going forward with 
their tenacity and the way that they fight to keep themselves in games. Like, this is not a game that I'm upset with losing. Obviously, you always want to win, but everything that goes into this game and the way that it unfolded and how we played, you know, I, I'm i coming away feeling a lot better about this team after this game than I am the opposite. You know what I'm saying? But, however, moving on, we end the fourth of the four-game road trip with a victory against the Denver Nuggets, baby. We're 2-0 this season against the defending champs. We were down by 13 at the half. Once again, that's back-to-back -back games, down by double-digit points at the half. We clawed our way all the way back thanks to a 41-point third quarter and also a very strong fourth quarter to finish the dub. Paulo Bancaro. Don't, don't forget, we didn't have Franz Wagner in this game. Paulo Bancaro got his first career triple-double, 32 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. And once again, Jalen Suggs with another 20-point game. He had 27 in this game, stepping up huge without having Franz in the starting lineup. Mo Wagner, Franz's brother, got into the starting lineup of this game and dropped a double-double uh, with 19 points, 11 rebounds. Cole Anthony had 23 off the bench. Once again, three-point shooting, trending in the right direction. We shot 47% uh, from the field compared to the, or not from the field, from the three-point line compared to Denver's 27% from the th three-point line. And it came down to the last second. It really did. It was tied at 120 with like eight seconds left. And Mo Wagner got a steal from Contavious Caldwell, uh, Caldwell Pope, passing down the court to Paulo Banchero. He drew the foul, sank both free throws. We won 122 to 120 you just cannot say enough about Paulo and this performance and his performances in the last month especially to start the month of January man first career double double or first career triple double he has three double doubles in the span of eight games he is making his case for all-star man and a future MVP of this league I'm telling you book it right now and this is somebody telling you this that was a little bit upset that we drafted him I wanted us to draft Holmgren I did and not to say that Holmgren isn't doing his thing and balling out right now, but man, is Paulo making me eat my words. And I will admit to all of it and admit I was wrong. I was wrong, Paulo Bancaro, B5. You have the chance to do what Shaq didn't, to do what Penny didn't, to do what Tracy McGrady didn't, to do what Dwight Howard didn't. You can bring an NBA title to O-Town, to Magic City, to Orlando, you have the chance to be a legend. Number one pick. Shaq was the number one pick. He couldn't do it. You can do it. I wholeheartedly believe that you can do it. And if we keep building around you the way that we're doing it and putting the right pieces in, in place, watch out, man. Because this team, we're beating teams like Milwaukee. We're 2-0 against the Nuggets. We beat the Celtics twice this year. You know? And I'm not going to get... Too high, my, too, uh, too high on my high horse and like saying, oh, we're a top three seed right now, blah, blah, blah. Like I've already said, right now our ceiling is like four or five seed. I think realistically we can sneak in without having to play in the play-in tournament, you know? However, I wouldn't mind if we did because I feel like I would predict that Paulo would just take over the whole play-in tournament and then really put the lead on notice for years to come. I just can't say enough about the kid, man. And he is on a hot streak for the ages right now. Moving on to the last game of this episode that we're going to recap. The Atlanta Hawks come into Orlando in another overtime game. The Magic prevail this time in just one overtime. 117-110. to 110. 
And for the third game in a row, this team found themselves down at halftime by double digits and came out with a huge third quarter to propel the comeback. Another 30-plus point double-double for, for Paulo Bancaro. 35 points, 10 rebounds. Goja comes in after sitting the last game out, casually drops a double-double with 11 points, 14 rebounds. However, to me, the star of this game and the biggest shout-out goes to Caleb Houston. Seven three-pointers in this game. He got the start. He had 25 points total. And this was another game that we shot 41% from the three-point line. These guys are firing on all cylinders right now, and we're still so depleted injury-wise. And it's just, how can you not love this team, man? I've been blessed this year with my sports teams, whether it's been the Rays or the Magic or even... Yes, the Bears and the season that they've had, but it's been a success. We have the number one pick again. We have all the cap space. And even with Notre Dame and watching Sam Hartman do what he did, man. It's, and I can just feel the culture and the vibes and just the whole entire makeup of the magic shifted in a completely different direction. And I just, I love it. I'm here for it. This team improves to 21 and 15 to wrap up that stretch. And moving on to this week's Magic Munch. There's an asterisk next to this because this player has been injured for a good part of the season. He just came back from that injury, and now he's still dealing with it. He's missing a couple games or so, I believe, but that's going to be Wendell Carter Jr. I feel bad doing it, and I'm not going to really hold too much against him. I just have to have somebody in this slot, you know what I'm saying? And that's why there's an asterisk. I think the knee injury and the other injuries he's dealt with in his career is really still just holding him back. But he did come back. And he played five or six games in this stretch, I believe. And he averaged just under 22 minutes per game in those games. Only averaged just over eight points, just over four rebounds, just under two assists. And that's right on par with his season averages too. But like, I think a lot of it is just because I expect so much out of him in a way. And I'm going to keep prefacing. I'm not holding this against him. I know the injury concern and what he's going through but like this is a guy that we all know is someone that is capable of averaging 15 points and 10 rebounds a game he's done it before and just seeing him average eight points four and a half rebounds it's like oh especially with the way that mo wagner's performing especially with the way that goga's performing and the minutes that they get you know and it's just i want to see this on a consistent basis however when he's healthy i wish him nothing the best i just had to put someone here and Throughout this last stretch, he's the only one that stood out. Moving on to the three Magic Stars of the Week. For the first time this season, this player makes it into this category. The third star of the week is none other than Caleb Houston himself. I really enjoy watching this kid play. We're on the verge of hitting with every one of our picks from the two drafts prior to this year's with Anthony Black and Howard, the kid out of Michigan. In the, last, in the month of January so far, Caleb Houston is averaging... 13.5 points, over one rebound, one and a half assists, almost one and a half steals per game. He's shooting 53% from the three-point line. And I've already touched on our three-point game turning up in the right direction, and he is a big part of that. And if we can unlock something with him, he is going to play a huge, huge role in this team going forward for years to come. Moving on to the second star, it's got to be Jalen Suggs. He is on another level right now. He has four 20-point games in his last eight played. And something's just been in the water lately for him, for Paulo, for Franz, before he got hurt. And just a number of weeks ago, he was on pace for career lows. He was averaging career lows. And thanks to this stretch, 
He's now averaging 13.5 points, 3.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists, 1.5 steals per game. All career highs. He's also shooting career highs from the field and from the three-point line. Over the last two weeks, he's averaging over 16.5 points, over 3 rebounds, over 3 assists. He's making threes left and right. He's making insane athletic defensive plays and blocks left and right. And I just hope he can keep this up while Franz is out because we all need it. P5 is going to need it. And I think he can do it. I really do. And the Magic Star of the Week, who else, as if it's ever been an easier choice, P5, Paulo Bancaro, once again, man. The last six games, this cat is averaging over 32 points, over nine rebounds, over six assists. He's making three threes a game. He's shooting 46% from the field. His averages for the season are now up to over 23 points, over seven rebounds, and five assists in the sophomore season. His field goal percentage is up. His three-point percentage is up. All-star this man. Please, all-star this man. He just got his first triple-double. He has three double-doubles over the last eight games. He's also averaging one steal per game over this stretch, too. He's getting to the line. He's hitting big threes. He's doing it all. Listen to this. Players with this stat line in an NBA game before turning 22 years old in NBA history. List LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, and the seventh player to join that list, Paulo Bancaro, baby. Paulo Bancaro. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm going to let you sleep on that. This is Brandon with Tea Time Reports, bringing you the latest episode of Magic Mondays. Thank you all so much for all the love, for all the support. Make sure you guys try to get out to the Kia Center, support a game, support this team this season if you can. I'm going to be trying to make it out to the game against the Suns on Sunday, January 28th. Hopefully I can see you guys there. I'm going to be getting a lot of content, a lot of notes for that, for the show from that game. And make sure you guys tune into all the socials at Tea Time Reports, TikTok, Threads, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. This is Brandon. Make sure you always stay awake. Once again, peace.